Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Sports Rage with Gabe Morency. Rage all you want. I feel like I just had Johnny Bench on the show or something. It's like, yeah, I mean, I'm still I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, can't believe like what what happened. I'm like, wow. All right. Uh, level two. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabe Morency. We got um, Ian Cameron uh, in the house, Babano, and the Rage Redhead uh, Cam Stewart. And uh, I'm like uh, I'm like Millhouse. All I wanted was the card with the uh, Carl Yastrzemski sideburns. <laughs> and here we are right now. Goatster in our chat. And listen, Goatster's a, a great guy, uh, regular regular viewer, big-time golf uh, better, handicapper, podcaster, and all that. And he always uh, has a full slate of picks for these tournaments that he likes to share and get uh, Cam's opinion on. Victor Hovland. Hatton, Cam Young, Matsuyama, all first-round leaders, as well as Siwoo Kim, Harmon, McCarthy, and Putnam. Putnam. Those are his picks. Hovland, Hatton, Cam Young, Matsuyama, all first-round leaders, and he's throwing in Siwoo Kim, uh, Brian Harmon, McCarthy, and uh, Putnam, Cam. What do you think? Listen to this, Gabe. I wrote down six guys, and I go, I'm not going to bet them all. I had Rom, Hovland, Homa, Matsuyama, Young. Like, do you, like me and Gokster, like, I don't have Hatton. I know Hatton's one of those guys that a lot of the golf guys are going to take this week. I'm off him. I know he hasn't won, but Rom's my favorite. But I'm going to tell you something. Gabe, we talked about it on the show tonight. Victor Hovland, I, I, Babano's guy got him at 20. God, I wish I got him at 18. I'm going to tell you, Victor Hovland, <clears throat> one of these days, when this guy wins a big tournament, ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you one thing. He is will be the next Scotty Scheffler because all he does, like he is so good off the tee game. He is so good tee to green. Like when it comes to like driving and getting it on the green, his bunker play's gotten better. His putting's getting better. And once he wins, remember Scheffler Gabe? I told I told like everybody this like a year ago. I go, I told Lisa, I go, once Scheffler wins, I used to bet him all the time. He's gonna go bananas. What happened? The exact same thing's gonna happen with Victor Hovland. Gotta take him this week. My two favorite plays are Rom at nine and Hovland at eighteen. Rom at 9, Hovland uh, 18. We talked earlier about Corey Connors. Every, a lot of people like Corey Connors as a long shot uh, this week. You're, are you buying into Corey Connors? No sprinkle on Corey Connors here, Cam. Potentially a first-round leader for Corey. Great call, Marenzi. I don't know if you want me to go through my That's list. That's the way but to play him, I think. Not to win, yes. but a first-round leader. Oh, Marenzi. See, it's, it's almost like, you know, you know my neighborhood with the pay phones. You know exactly <laughs> where Cam Stewart's going. I'm going to tell you guys, I can't – hey, Gogster, I don't know what you're up to. <clears throat> like, I think Gogster's, like, literally in my closet. But here we go, Gabe, because I got first-round leaders, and they're all his guys. Hovland. I found him at 28 on one site. First round leader. Cam Young, 30. First round leader. Matsuyama, first round leader, 35. 
Corey Connors, 38. Adam Svensson, 65. And UNLV's finest, Go Rebs, Kurt Kitayama, 100 to 1 on FanDuel Ontario. Let's roll. The late night anger management class continues. Uh, the late night, the late night train wreck. I am Gabriel Morenci. Uh, shout out to our affiliates. Shout out to wherever you may be. Series XM Channel One Five Nine Sports Grid Radio Networks. All right, Cam's with us just for a couple more moments. He's had a long day uh, today, kicking it with Carver earlier in the day and then uh, throughout the evening. So, uh, Cam, for people that are just joining us right now to recap, you really don't have that many plays to win. John Rom to win and Victor Hovland to win. Yep, and actually, Marenzi, one for you. I added home at 25, and if I were to add any two guys, I haven't done it yet, but I'm with Gogster, Hideki, and Cam Young. Those are the only other guys, but I'm telling you, first-round leader bets, this is the way to play the tournament, guys. Think about it. There's only 50 people in this tournament, so I'm going to go harder on first-round leaders. Hovland is 18-1 to to win the tournament, but he's 28-1 to to be first-round leader. Hovland... 28, Young 30, Hideki 35, Corey Connors 38, Adam Svensson 65, and Kurt Kitayama. And trust me, Gabe, I shop at six grocery stores like the one that you want for the CFL, Save on Foods. I wish they pull your name one day so you could win the million dollars if they're two kickoff returns in the CFL. Matchup bets Connors plus 105 over Harmon, Rom plus 120 versus McElroy, Hovland minus 130. 30 versus Fleetwood, Cam Young minus 120 versus Burns, and Rom plus 110 versus Scheffler. Those are tournament matchup bets as well. That's what you guys gave. Know the best thing about these tournaments is now that there's 50 first round leader. Because if you if you hit that, we can bet it into the women's soccer final on Sunday, the league's cup on Saturday. First round leader is the way to go in a short field tournament. And. Um... In closing, no love for Lucas Glover. Does he have a nickname? Our boy McAfee was like pointing out the uh, what the ass like stains. The yeah. yeah. Well, even Alex Myers called it swamp ass, right? So I've got uh, it. Lucas, he's been red hot. I mean, listen, if it's hot, it's hot. What do you want the guy to do? But no one's taking him this week because they don't think he can win again. <laughs> Who cares about swamp ass? He's gotten won like six million dollars the last few weeks. By pants. The, the Ranger redhead Cam Stewart. <laughs> Talk Thanks, to you tomorrow, Gabe. <laughs> Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. Halfback passes to the center, back to the wing, back to the center. Center holds it, holds it, holds it. Halfback passes to center, back to wing, back to center. Center holds it, holds it, holds it. I can't bear this any longer. I'm leaving.
I understand. <laughs> the late night anger management class. This is Sports Ranch. I am Gary Morenzi. Countdown to kickoff is on. Brent Sobleski will join us from the uh, the Bleacher Report in Level 3. There's a lot of football to get to. And, of course, the preseason, week two of the National Football League preseason is nearly upon us. Thursday night uh, football, the Cleveland Browns and the Philadelphia Eagles. The point spreads come down a little bit, down to three and a half right now. But most of these teams, I don't want to say all of them, but most of them are doing, like, uh, not every coach likes it, but the joint practice. Right, the the teams they practice against each other, and normally, it's a hell of a lot more violent in the practices than it is in the actual game, because the actual game the players aren't playing, but in practice they are, right? And we all heard the stories, you know, throughout. We saw the video. We've all heard the stories throughout the week about the um, the Philadelphia Eagles supposedly playing dirty in practice against the Cleveland Browns. Some people think that the the Eagles are out of line. Some other people think it's football and the Browns. Should toughen up and stop complaining about a, a rough practice. I'm sort of on that side of things. But you see, you saw this, so they're going at it. They play tomorrow. You see the Dallas Cowboys today, they went at it with them with each other. <laughs> so they didn't need like another team. They started fighting with each other today, the Cowboys. And uh, the New York Jets. The New York Jets and the Buccaneers seemingly turned into like a battle royal, like players all over the place and stuff. So, you know, it adds a little interesting edge to some of these some of these preseason games, including tomorrow night's Cleveland Brown. So uh, the battle of the Cleveland Browns getting three and a half against the Eagles. The total is 37 and a half uh, in this game. What are your thoughts on Thursday Night Football? Uh, don't forget about Baltimore, Washington. Uh, they were having a joint practice, and they got into some skirmishes and scuffles uh, earlier today as well. So it is. I mean, it's that time of year where I think you're a little antsy uh, and you want to get the season started. And, you know, it's hot out there in training camp. And, you know, they get worked hard. And all of a sudden, you know, you, you lose your temper a little bit. So seeing that in a lot of places. Cleveland, Philadelphia is a really interesting uh, spot here because, you know, the money's come in on Philadelphia. I think um, people are seeing this. And from what I've read, there's a chance we're going to see Eagle starters versus Browns backups potentially in the first half. It sounds like Sirianni might be letting the starters go a little bit longer here in this game, and I think that's what the initial money was for Philadelphia. That being said, I don't love the Philadelphia back end of their quarterback rotation for late in the game. So I think if you like that sentiment that maybe Philadelphia is going to run their starters a little bit more than, say, Cleveland, maybe you take them first half. But, you know, and I know Cleveland didn't winner cover last week against Washington, but in theory, you know, I like the idea of having a guy like Dorian Thompson Robinson in the game in the latter stages, the rookie out of UCLA, because he can run around and make plays, and I thought even in the loss last week, he made a lot of good plays, and he was the one guy that moved the football for Cleveland, we know what he did in the Hall of Fame game against the Jets, so it's one of those deals where I think Philadelphia, there's reason, I get the love for Philadelphia here, Gabe, but I'd probably prefer them in the first half, because I just think that's where the greater edge is going to be. I think I, I think that's a solid uh, breakdown, solid points. I can't disagree with that. Philly first half, you know, maybe Cleveland as the game goes on. DTR has been good as well. And as Babano, listen, Babano brought up, we were talking about all the fights, that I brought up the Jets and the Buccaneers. Things got so hostile there, the Jets' defensive back coach ended up in the hospital. Like that, <laughs> like, that like, like the players are like, oh, my God, what just happened? I guess it was friendly fire, like basically sort of like an, imagine like an NHL referee. People were throwing for real, and he got caught up, and he got drilled. So Jets defensive back uh, coach uh, Tony Oden had to be carted off the field after apparently collapsing on the far sideline. He was down for a few minutes. Medical personnel around surrounding him. Players took knees. He was, uh, he was up in a cart. Um, Jets coach Robert Salah said later that he would be fine and he had taken some friendly fire during one of the scuffles. That's just like, that's, you know, I don't want to throw anyone in the Well, box, there's some aid material for hard knocks now. The directors and producers will be yeah. uh, making the yeah. most of that. Yeah. But <laughs> you, don't, you don't tweet out that someone collapsed and all the players are around him when, oh, yeah, by the way, there was just a big brawl. Like, kind of figure it out, bro. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? There's a difference between collapsing and players flipping out and one of the coaches got tagged and knocked out in a fight because he jumped in the middle of it with a bunch of dudes with pads on, right? So... 
All right, so that's what happened. Fortunately, he's, he's going to be all right. He, he's he's, he's going to be all right. But I got to tell you, this has been a pretty hostile week <laughs> of fights. Like, it always happens, but it seems like you said, but it seems like almost every one of them have been going at it. We'll, we'll get some reports about the Raiders and uh, the Rams. They're, they're practicing against each other. It was funny, too, because I tweeted a video out tonight. Um, it was on Larry Brown Sports of Deion Sanders in Colorado. And Colorado got into a fight. So the Colorado kids all got into a fight. And a couple of kids didn't jump in, right? Which you would figure is kind of smart if you're in the big picture. And Dion stopped it all and lost it and, and scolded the kids that didn't jump in and fight. It's funny, like, different coaches, right? Like, Andy Reid has a zero-fight policy. Like, he he he'll, he'll want to kick you off the team and stuff if you fight in practice or if you fight in camp. Uh, like, a, like, a lot of winning coaches, Babano, their new attitude is, is you can't fight in a game. You're going to get kicked out of the game. You're going to get us a penalty, and you're just going to break your hand punching someone's helmet probably. Like, nothing good can come from this, so we don't want it at any time. Then you get some other coaches that want to see their players beat the crap out of each other, right? And not think that we've got a bunch of soft guys on the team, that I got a bunch of killers. And clearly that's Dion's take. Dion yelled at them and said, if one guy on our team gets into a fight, it means we all fight. And he got in the face of the two kids that didn't. And he was like, Do you get that now? And they're like, Yes, sir. So. Say what you will about Colorado this year, but they're probably going to be fun, and I wouldn't be surprised if they get into a fight with TCU in the first game, to be honest. Yeah, Staff Sergeant uh, Deion Sanders uh, at the controls there. Uh, <laughs> Colorado. You know what's funny, too? Dion was no fighter as a player. Like, the guy was, like, a very – he was no, like, rough sort of – it's funny that he's got that attitude now, but I get it. He, it's the pro football mentality uh, that, uh, that that he's got. Can't wait for that game. But we'll get back to college, so let's keep it going in the NFL. So you say Eagles. Um, Eagles. And tomorrow before the game, we'll have our final picks for this game. When we really know the, you know, the, the, the script and how this is going to play out. Friday night football, we've got the Panthers at the Giants. Giants are three-point favorites. The total is 39. And one of the worst preseason teams. We always talk about the best preseason teams, but a really bad preseason team, Babano, are the Cincinnati Bengals. But the oddsmakers are on to it. The Falcons, the Dirty Bird, are laying six and a half points in this game. And Zach Taylor is now 3-8 and eight straight up in, in 11 preseason games. We know about the injuries that they have. The Bengals are playing for the Super Bowl. They really are apathetic towards the preseason. That's why you got to lay 6.5. But the Falcons will win this game, Babano. Like a money line parlay, in my opinion. Yeah, there are a handful of teams, Gabe, that in the preseason. I've gotten to the point now where it's game in and game out. There's very little urgency, very little you know, I think determination on their part to win these games. There's a handful of teams, and Cincinnati's one of those teams. You just have not seen a good track record at all here in the preseason under Zach Taylor. And, yeah, you got to lay a premium for Atlanta, but it's probably the only way you could bet that game. The question is going to be, you know, are you going to get good quarterback play later in the game? From If you're going to get Logan Woodside, I'll say this, he played the whole game. You know, against Miami last week in the first preseason game, he didn't always play well, but nevertheless, the Falcons got the uh, victory in that game. And I think you're going to see. It sounds like you're going to see Desmond Ritter get some time, a couple of snaps in this game. So I'm with you on Atlanta. You know, the Giants beware laying three points with them against Carolina. Their track record hasn't been great. They've covered numbers. They've not been great straight up. Carolina, you got to think, has got to put something better on the board after that shutout loss to the Jets. Giants preseason games are always, like, really close. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. 
Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. Countdown to kick off. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabriel Moranzi, the Pittsburgh Players, the Hustlers, the people, the bust up, and everybody else in between. Ian Cameron kicking with us right now. Brent Sobleski from the Bleacher Report will join us in level three. A lot of NFL news. It's time, man. Like, the, it's, get, it's getting real right now. It's time for fantasy football drafts as well. Like, the season's around the corner. Um, there's only one more preseason stuff after this. And, uh, you know, countdown to college kickoff is on not this Saturday, but the following uh, Saturday. It's a great time of the year uh, right now, but it's time to make some make the right decisions. And I put in the play. I started off. I put the play in last night that we talked about with um, Anthony Richardson over 675 and a half rush yards. It's still the same number uh, right now. It hasn't moved. And um, in a correlated manner, actually, we love Anthony Richardson to kill it rushing the football this year. But I think the Indianapolis Colts are going to have a very long season, and I do not think they're going to win seven games. The Colts' win total is six and a half right now, Babano. To me, that they're more of a four-win type of team, maybe five. Okay, get to six. I still don't lose the bet. I'm actually surprised. I think the number's too high. Like, I talk about it all the time, Babano. I love college football. I love betting on it. And, I, you know, I'll find a couple of college football futures, mostly to the unders. But college football win totals are extremely sharp. The odds makers are aware that most college football teams – win-loss record comes down to like one or two games. They either win at Tuscaloosa or they, you know, they're going to win at LSU or they're going to lose at LSU. And it's, you know what I mean? They're going to win every like. There's not a lot of room for error. NFL with 17 games, man, to me, they've, they're got, they've got some wrong numbers here. I think the Colts are really going to struggle this year, Babano. Colts under six and a half wins for the Colts this year. Yeah, uh, I'm total in, in, in agreement there. Uh, I don't think, I think the Titans could be better than them in that division. And I, so obviously I think the Jaguars are better than them in that division. Uh, and I think that's where the Colts will slot is probably third in the division. And I think the Texans are better than battle. I think the Texans I would, that's are better. What I, I think the Colts are last place team. I wouldn't rule out Houston maybe coming uh, nipping at their heels from behind, you know, in that AFC South division because I just think with D'Amico Ryan's and that younger energy he brings uh, from the head coaching spot. And let's be real, they are not that bad in the trenches, Houston, either along the O line and D line. I worry about who's going to catch footballs for, for Stroud routinely. Um, but I think the O-line and the D-line can hold their own, this Houston Texans team. Um, and, and they're going to be, I think, a, a, a thorn in Indianapolis' side and how they proved that last year. And don't forget how Houston finished the season, you know, covering some numbers. And I think they're going to be a good underdog bet at times this year. But as for Indy, there's just too much. And I think Steichen is a good hire, but you're just implementing this new quarterback, Anthony Richardson. You know, I really worry about the wide receiver position for this team. I know they had some injuries on defense they hope to be healthier there but to me this indianapolis team is going to need a year under shane steichen before they can i think become one of the better teams not only in this division but in the afc yeah i think i think you're right in the sense that you look at the afc right now kc obviously are the kingpins are the kingpins of the league 
the Buffalo Bills, Cincinnati Bengals are sort of lurking, the Philadelphia Eagles and, and the NFC. But you're right, Babano, like there's going to be a changing of the garden eventually, right? And I think the Colts are like, you know, three years away type of deal. Give Anthony, you know, give Anthony Richardson his third year. You know, all right, this will be his first year. I think he'll put some good fantasy numbers up, but the team will suck. Sort of Justin Fields-like. And then, you know, year two, start getting him, you know, see if they can get him some weapons. And then by year three, I think they can start to click. And same thing as you stated about um, about the Houston Texans. You're, you're bang on. In, in the trenches, they're good. They've got good running backs. Um, they're, they've drafted really well defensively, Babano. People don't really – it's not flashy and sexy, but – They've got good players on defense. Like, their defense is going to be good, especially with Ryan's there now. So their defense is going to be really good, I think. Much improved, and I think it'll be a quality, you know, top 15, top 16 defense. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think their offense will be in the top half, but I think their defense will be. And But you could argue, okay, and I was talking about wide receiver rankings with Bano Pro Football Focus, you know, ranking the um, the wide receiver cores. We were talking about the Colts, actually, last night, and I said they were ranked 26. Dude, they've got uh, the Houston Texans ranked 32nd, Babano. They think they've got the worst wide receivers and the worst wide receiver team in the NFL. I don't agree with it, personally. I think I think you can work with it here. You've got Robert Woods. Uh, you got Noah Brown. Uh, I like Nico Collins out of Michigan. All right, Robert Woods a little older. These other guys aren't pure number ones. But I'll tell you what, John Mechie is a good football player, and he's you know he had some he had to, he had to battle all these disease, you know leukemia and cancer and stuff. So he looks good in camp, and they signed Dalton Schultz. I wouldn't say they're the worst, Babano. I think that's a better core than the Colts have, to be honest. I would say so, actually, because when you look at the Colts after Pittman and an inconsistent, I think Alec Pierce could be really good, but he was inconsistent last year. He'd make a great catch and he'd drop one. You know, that was an issue at times last year. And then after that, there's a huge gap. We the got, like, they brought in McKenzie well, from Buffalo, who's okay. Yeah. But the thing is, there's a difference. Like, are you that good or were you on the Bills offense or were you wide open right. all the time because you were in the Bills offense, right? That's the question. Yeah. Well, there is some good news. I've note, I've read some reports the last couple of days that this kid out of North Carolina who was very good with Drake May last year, Josh Downs, you know, this that he might be someone that's ready to step up and be that, whoa, that guy that we need, you know, someone that is unsuspecting that you think might be able to help out that Colts receiving core. They'll need him, I think, for sure, because you're right, the depth there is a concern. I don't mind the te- – obviously, it's, it is a bottom half of the league receiving core for sure to Houston, but, you know, Nico Collins – Played pretty solid last year. You got to hope Wood stays healthy. Noah Brown was pretty good in Dallas. You know, I don't mind him as a three option. Tank Dell was a great receiver in college with the Houston Cougars under Dana Holgerson there. Uh, the question is, is it going to be able to translate to the NFL? And John Mechie, we know what he did, uh, obviously, at Bama, and now we hope that the, uh, the health Oh, he's fast, Mechie. He's, he's good. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, yeah, the I, I don't though? mind that receiving core. To me, the, the if you look, that can't be the worst receiving core in my mind. If you look though at the Houston Texans, you could say, "Well, you know, they got C.J. Stroud, and he's—you know—he's going to end up starting, and it's going to be like, well, you know, you're kind of putting him in a tough spot." Yes and no, in a way. Look what the Detroit Lions did. I remember years ago when the Lions started this build, and they did a good job with it. They started with the offensive line, and they were like, "Man, you don't even have a quarterback. Like, what are you taking all these big offense? You know what I mean?" And they were like, "No, let's start. You got to build a house somewhere. We're going to start with a bunch of good offensive linemen." Right, and then you know, now you notice they just start adding all these skill position players to the foundation. They hit the O line, then they bring in Aiden Hutchinson. Let's hit the D line, right? Let's drop. You know, it didn't work out with Okuda, but they went defense. The Lions have built it the right way, all the way to where they're at now. And I see a lot of similarities with the Texans. Like the Texans, no, no, we're not winning the Super Bowl, so no, we're not going to go sign some stud wide receiver just to give him the C.J. Stroud his first year. Let's build up as a team with a bunch of sort of you know guys, and we'll start to add pieces as we build this. I think the Texans are going to be a good team in a couple of years. Actually, I believe in them. So our boy Nate Rourke, Babano. Jags are three-point favorites against the Lions. You know Rourke's going to get playing time. I mean, the kid's fighting for his life on this football team. He's going to get playing time, and he's a hell of a lot better than a lot of these other guys on the field, Babano, in, in, in the second half of these uh, preseason games. He's got a lot of experience. Jags three-point favorites against the Lions, total 39 and a half. What are you doing with this game? 
Yeah, well, I, th- I think when you look at this game, it's funny because Jacksonville opened a four-point road favorite, and it's down to three. And I think there's some anticipation that people have that Teddy Bridgewater is actually going to make his debut here in the preseason. Yeah, that's a Detroit. negative. Remember, he's, he's old. He'll be terrible yeah. in the preseason. I'm telling you. <laughs> but people see it. It's Teddy Bridgewater. He's been around the league for many, many years. He's got a ton of starts under his belt, and that's where the attraction comes to maybe take the points with Detroit here. I said this coming into the preseason. I ain't feeding Jacksonville at any point in the preseason, and I took them in the over against Dallas, and I think Jacksonville in the over is the predominant means of betting this team here in the preseason, at least in my mind, because they've got a legit backup quarterback battle going on. I mean, Doug Peterson needs to let these two quarterbacks air it out, needs to maybe open up the playbook just a little bit more because he's got to make a determination who's going to be his number two behind Trevor Lawrence, C.J. Beathard, or our guy Nathan Rourke. And uh, look, Rourke's play in the Dallas game was incredible outstanding but cj beathard didn't do anything bad either he actually played pretty well in his stint in that game so that competition is still anybody's ball game so i think from a jacksonville perspective you're talking about how your point spreads the preseason oftentimes are covered in the second half because and you've got your backups and your third stringers in there for jacksonville look it's all on deck second half because they've come up with a winner in the backup quarterback battle between C.J. Beathard and uh, Ethan Rourke. So I think Jacksonville, especially now with the line coming down to three, I mean, certainly you could lay a three with Jacksonville. I'm certainly going to look in that direction. I like this over, too, because I still think the Lions offense will at least get a little bit of a pop from uh, Bridgewater being in there a little bit. Sudfeld probably for a lot of that game. And the one thing about Adrian Martinez, we did see him in the game last week against the Jeff. He's got that mobility element to him, and that can sometimes so I think that game can go the 39 and a half total as well. Oh God, but Bano sounds like a little checking in and out here once again. <laughs> a little walkie-talkie action. But uh, we're getting through. God, is it a full moon tonight? Um, yeah, we, we talk about healthy quarterback battles. And, you know, you can be battling, but if the guys suck that are battling, who cares? But the guys on Jacksonville are good. C.J. Beathard's a good preseason quarterback. And Nate Rourke is, is a very good quarterback that people are sleeping on. The Jags are the play. This is Sports Rage. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. Don't ruin your appetites. I'm buying lunch for everybody on me. What's the occasion? I'm rich. I won my bets on the Rose Bowl, the Sugar Bowl, the Cotton Bowl, and I chunked it all on a hockey game, and I won that. All right, all right. How much did you win? 116 bucks. What a windfall. Yeah. Yeah, I still feel tingly. Man, it's so hot here, you know, like you got bottled water. I just took a shot of it. It was like warm, like sort of like like hot water. <laughs> Type until I'm like, oh, 
Oh, really? But um, I look at the heat index and stuff, and I like heat too. I don't. I'm one of these people that don't. I like extreme heat conditions. I'm like, man, it's got to be hotter than they say it is. But I saw the weather, um, the weather yesterday in Iran at uh, one of the airports in Iran yesterday. It was the hottest, the hottest day ever recorded before. 181 degrees. 181 freaking degrees. So next time, like people, next time you complain, you're like, oh my God, I can't believe it's 110, 120, right? 181. Man, you could get like those Pillsbury dough cookies and stuff. Just cut open the pack and just like, just put it on the sidewalk. Put it on anything. Put it on a car hood. That's like the old, like, forget, like, you know what I mean? The old crack and egg thing. Like, you, know, you put a steak out. You can put whatever, like, put, you can put like some shish kebab, barbecue. You, know, you get the chicken sticks and all that stuff. You just like just yeah, throw it. Just tell them just throw it in the yard, bro. We'll come back in an hour. <laughs> It'll be nice and toasted, right? <laughs> wow, that's who needs an oven action. or a stove? Yeah, you don't. At those things, yeah. The only thing is, that's like die type temperature, Babano. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> that's some serious ass. Like, all right, don't complain, man. It could be worse. But um, Ian Cameron, kick it with us. Yeah, he can make some great soup, Babano. Uh, he's put it put in the bowl in the backyard. Uh, all right, so we're looking <laughs> Let at the, the pavement season. take care of it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, looking at the games here, because we'll run out of time going through every single game, but a blast. So we're talking about the Dolphins and Tex. Texans are three-point favorites against the Dolphins. Total's 39.5. This next one. I'm really it's two it's Saturday night, six thirty Eastern time. Should be a fun game to watch actually. By preseason standards, it'll be a cool it'll be a, a cool first half this game. Um the Bills and the Steelers, Babano. It's too bad they're playing against each other because the Bills have quietly, and even me as a diehard Bill fan, I never thought of them as this slam dunk preseason lock, but the numbers don't lie. They've won ten of their last eleven preseason games. So they're ten and one in their last uh, eleven preseason games, and Mike Tomlin's a straight out like OG as we know. The guy just wins in the regular season, never had a losing season, and he's a killer in the, in the preseason. Sixteen and four straight up the last twenty preseason games, guys. And overall, like we can dig deeper. He's got a big like winning percentage, but like it's pretty big sample size. The last twenty preseason games, the Steelers have won sixteen of them, and it kind of makes sense. But man, if you look at their quarterback situation as well, you get you got Pickett. You know what I mean? You got Mason Rudolph. You got guys that have played in the NFL as the backups there. Mitch Trubisky, right? Like you're talking about the dudes that have been starting quarterbacks in the NFL, and so it's not a shock, bro, that they they they're so dominant. Any opinion on the Bills and Steelers game? Steelers are two and a half point favorites. Yeah, there's there's definitely not unless I see and read something where one team is going to play the starters for the whole half and the other team's resting everybody. Uh, I have no interest fading either one. You mentioned it. Pittsburgh's preseason track record under Tomlin's been great. The Bills' preseason track record the last 10 or 11 under Sean McDermott's been excellent. I cashed tickets with both of these teams last week. So I don't want anything to do with the side. But I do think it could be higher scoring just because, you know, you look at the Steeler, you know, preseason game against Tampa, went over the total. Pickett, Trubisky, Rudolph is a great trio. You know, at quarterback, yeah, it gets maybe a little questionable once you get to the rookie out of Minnesota, Tanner Morgan, just because he hasn't been uh, in the NFL though this year. But you know, that's a great rotation, and of course, the Bills have a, I think now a, ba- a true battle going on for the backup spot. I think it's open now after the way Matt Barkley played uh, against the Colts, where quite honestly, he flat out played better than Kyle Allen. So I think all of a sudden now there's meaningful reps that are on the table in this game for both Kyle Allen and Matt Barkley in this game, and they're more than capable of moving the football. So rather than a side, Don't I'm looking at that battle. total. Even though it's high, I think it can get there, get up and over. Barkley's been with the Bills before too, right? So that's another thing. So he's sort of got he's got an inside, um, you know, he's he's been there. Barkley's Barkley's one of those dudes who's <laughs> really made a lot of money never playing. <laughs> I saw a list the other day, actually. It was a great story. It was uh, it was about NFL players, and it was like the all-NFL cash list team. And it was basically dudes in the NFL that got paid a lot of money over the years to, like, to do nothing. Like, like you know what I mean? 
Like, you know, the Sam Bradford, etc. And no, no disrespect to Sam Bradford. Solar sooner, Lisa. We love you. But, um, you know, like Sam Bradford, what, he made like $180 million or something? <laughs> like, it was like $8 million a win or whatever. It was, it was like, wow. But Matt Barkley's one of those guys. He's been in the league a long time. And I like to, I'm going to look it up after. Matt Barkley career earnings. He'd be like, damn, man. For a guy that's thrown like eight touchdown passes in his life, like he's made a lot of money. And that, that's what it's about when you're the backup quarterback in the NFL. That's what these guys are battling for, right? Um, another really good preseason team have been the Raiders. Smaller sample size with Josh McDaniels, but undefeated with Josh McDaniels. 4-0 and last year in the preseason. Uh, they played the Hall of Fame game, so they did the extra game. Um, they only played three this year. And they won last week very convincingly and looked good. Aiden O'Connell looked good. Jimmy G finally started to look good. Those were the reports out of the, the camp today that Jimmy G actually looked good against the Rams today. He's always played well against the Rams, though, actually, um, ironically enough. But the Raiders are a good preseason team, Babano. And if you read Josh McDaniel's quotes after the game and throughout the week, we you know we, we have Raider guys on the cover of the team. McDaniels takes this seriously. I don't know. I think he knows they're not going to win a lot in a regular season or something. So, like, it's better than nothing type deal. But he talked about winning, that, that winning culture crap and all that. That doesn't mean anything. But the winning culture crap and, you know, we're going to play hard on every play. We play hard. But they really are. Like, the Raiders camp this year, guys, every play is a battle. Like, they're competing hard in practice. McDaniels is telling him in last week in the preseason game, play like it's a real game. They create fumbles. Like, play hard. They're dialing it up a notch, the Raiders, with an intensity. And we know, Babano, the Rams are, quite frankly, one of the worst, also one of the worst preseason teams. Look at last week. They, these guys, McVay just does not care about the preseason. No, he doesn't. I mean, that's an obvious. You either take Las Vegas or you pass on that game. That's that's the, that's your only options. Like, how on earth could you make a case at this point for the LA Rams in a game in August? You've seen it now, year after year, under Sean McVay. He's not playing any starters. The game plan on both sides of the ball is as vanilla as it gets. They don't blitz, and that's something you have to look for too. In some of these, with some of these teams, some D coordinators will blitz in the preseason, and that can give you a legitimate edge. But you don't, you don't see any of that from the LA Rams. There's just zero interest in winning football games this month. It's all about evaluating depth, keeping everybody rested, and to be honest, Marenzi, there's even more of an for the Rams to do that now because they don't have the quality depth they had a couple years ago because they traded away you know you know a lot of their depth pieces to load up for a Super Bowl run with Stafford so all the more reason for them to be cautious you either play Las Vegas you bet the Raiders in that game or you don't bet the side it's really that simple anything else in the NFL preseason you want to hit before we move on to the CFL yeah you know I think the Colts will want to play better, but I ain't laying more than a field goal with them now against Chicago. I'm kind of interested in the Bears again, you know, plus a three and a half against the uh, Colts in that game. I agree with the move to the Jets uh, against Tampa. Here's another guy that's a brutal track record here in the preseason, Todd Bowles for Tampa Bay. Uh, we know Robert Salas had a nice track record in the preseason for the Jets. Yeah, they lost in the Hall of Fame game, but they bounced back strong against Carolina. I think the move toward the Jets now two-and-a-half-point favorites is correct. Uh, I would look at the Jets. I think Tennessee against Minnesota is a pretty good look. Here's another coach, Kevin O'Connell, for Minnesota, who doesn't exactly have a great track record here in the preseason. These two seasons, he's been with the Vikings. And uh, Tennessee, you know, I'll say this. You know, Malik Willis looked okay. And Will Levis even looked better than I thought, you know, in his very first, you know, action in an NFL game, albeit a preseason game. And Minnesota didn't show a whole lot that I was impressed with. Jaron Hall out of BYU really struggled in the second half. So I think Tennessee, as long as that line remains in the range it's in now, you know, minus two to win that game, I think they can do it. You know, Kansas City seems to be another one of those teams, too. They go over in the preseason. They've done it a lot with Andy Reid the last years, year to two years. A lot of their games have been higher scoring. You know, I could see that against uh, Arizona. Don't, I, I'll lean to the Chiefs as well, but seven and a half is a big number. Uh, Denver, San Francisco, I don't get all the love for Denver, to be honest. Uh, San Francisco, I was obviously was terrible against the Ra Raiders last week. I want to see if the 49ers show a little more emphasis on this game, but in no way 
in any way, shape, or form going to be laying four, four and a half with Denver on the road. We mentioned the Las Vegas Rams game. Either take Las Vegas or nothing. Dallas, Seattle. You know, that's a lot of points to be laying with Seattle. And, you know, Dallas was competitive, you know, against Jacksonville. They were back and forth. They traded points with the Jaguars for much of that game. I know McCarthy's track record in the preseason hasn't been good, but that's a lot of points and kind of tempted by Dallas there. And then Sunday, Monday, uh, Saints and Chargers. Uh, I I lean Chargers, but nothing strong in that game. And Baltimore-Washington, Marenzi, I mean, (laughs) this point what do you do with Baltimore other than you take them on the money line or you pass I mean I don't know what else you can do right now with this 23-24 game win streak they've got going in the preseason Washington was impressive last week but now you're going up against the kings of the preseason uh, and uh, that's a team I'm just not looking to go against yeah, I don't, I don't get this either, Babano. That the line, and I said last night, I'm like, oh my god, I can't believe the the Baltimore Ravens are minus one sixty five on the money line. They're minus one fifty now. They're twenty four consecutive preseason games, and uh, you know, okay, you could argue the streak is eventually going to uh, end, but if there's ever a time they really won't want it to end, Babano, it's going to be against the Washington Commanders, a team that geographically is right beside them. And, oh, yeah, it's Monday Night Football. So it's like preseason, whatever. It's like it's on TV. It's Monday Night Football's debut, right, this year, preseason debut. So it's going to have the lights are there, the trucks are there. <laughs> like, you know, like of all nights, the Ravens are actually going to lose. Uh, I don't understand why it's down to a buck fifty, bro. I'm going to tell you. I, you know, but man, I want to run to the window last night. I was like, damn, I should start playing this now because this is going to go up. But it went down. It went down 15 cents. Anthony Brown was pretty bad. For oh, got some playing time with the uh, Baltimore Ravens. It's it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, I think turn there, but it's not enough to say, yeah, let's now on Monday Night Football against the team that's on a win streak in the preseason. All right, now we're starting to lose Babano here a little bit uh, once again. You had a nice little run there, Babano. We had, we had a nice little run. Um, but we were starting to lose you a little bit. So I don't know how much time we have before the break here. But uh, what's your best bet in the CFL, Babano? Elks or Ticats tomorrow? Over. That's the better bet. Although there's going to be thunderstorms. That does concern me. But it's a low total. I think it can still get up and over. I think the offenses have the better of it. I think we have a live dog. All right, get your CFL best bets uh, ready. Babano, we'll get Babano out on the other side. We got Brent Sableski stepping up and in for the Bleacher Report in level three. This is Sports Rage. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Quick and Sunday minutes at Sports Talk Radio. This is Sports Rage. 
I think Babano's recharged uh, right now. We're, we're, we're inside the five-yard line. Let's punch it in. Let's punch it in. All right, Babano, CFL football, what do you like uh, this week? We've got about two and a half minutes. All right, have you got me? How's the reception? Good? Yeah, we, we're a little better now. A little better. All right. Well, we've only got a couple of minutes. Time, so, so anyway, yeah. so I, I, I do think off the bye week, the offense for the Ticats will be better. Uh, I think they're going to win the game. I'm not totally comfortable laying five and a half. I like them in a parlay with BC, which we'll get to, uh, to just a money line parlay. Ticats, a little feline parlay, if you will. Ticats and Lions uh, this week, which is around minus 130. Uh, both of them in a money line parlay. And I, I, I still like the over, Gabe. This weather forecast bugs me. Rain and wind potentially tomorrow night, and that really does bother me because I love this over early in the week. I still think it can get there, though, 44, 44 and a half of uh, the total. Uh, Ford at quarterback for Edmonton, you, you saw improvement last week with him taking over, and I think, like I say, with Milanovic now calling plays, you'll get a bump from Hamilton's offense, too, for this game and an improvement, so I still like the over. Winnipeg-Calgary, look, I, I got a sneaking suspicion Calgary's coming to play, and I, I just think they're going to keep this one pretty tight. And look, I know Winnipeg is probably going to go to Drew Brown. It doesn't sound like Zach's going to play. Zach hasn't practiced yet this week, so I'm expecting Drew Brown, and Drew Brown was great against Edmonton, and he can play. But now defense knows that he's going to probably be the starter. They'll have a game plan in for him. They'll have a week to prepare. Should help Calgary. I know there's a tough team to trust. They're not playing good. Mayer's not playing good. But I do think Calgary might be the side there as a home dog. Uh, Montreal, Ottawa, I like Montreal. It's tough to trust Ottawa in that bad secondary. So at less than a field goal. I know Fajardo is questionable as well. But right now leaning Montreal. And BC, I've got them in the parlay with Hamilton. They might cover. Saskatchewan is that bad right now with the quarterback spot, but uh, BC in the parlay with Hamilton for me. Ian Cameron, follow him on Twitter, at Battle. Thanks, Battle. Good stuff, Gabe. We'll talk Sunday. The late night anger man for Christ. Brent Sobleski, we're talking NFL football, level three. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts.